Hey everybody, welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtzapple. Joining me, joining me as always is Johnny War Three. Yeah. Uh, you know him better as George Rogers. It's um, Johnny War the Third. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we are here for part eight of six 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 weeks of horror. And continuing the theme, if you put two and two together from the past the previous years, we are well, except for last year, we actually swapped Nightmare Three and uh, Halloween, Halloween four. four. Um, but you know, we are doing Nightmare on Elm Street Four, the Dream Master. Um and uh one of the better ones of the franchise, I would say. Um I don't think uh, what what I like about this movie is it it's not overly campy. There's not some really yet. good yeah, there's some really good kills in it. I think I think Freddie at times had that menacing feel to him. Um yeah, it doesn't really get campy till the next movie. That's kind of where I drop off, you know, from the franchise. I, I'm not a huge fan of five and six. Um, but I like last year, I enjoy three. I enjoy four for what they are, and, you know. Um, but I'm uh, it's uh, be fun to talk about this one. So, mm-hmm. um, wow, let's find this here. There's my tab. And uh, George, mm-hmm. when did you first see this one? Well, sure as hell wasn't in theaters. Correct. Because I, because because I was three, yeah. Correct. So, um, but no, I caught this. Uh, I think this was another one of the movies that we had recorded. Mm. So it was one of the it was one of the first Nightmare on Elm Street movies I saw. Mm-hmm. I saw five first, and then yeah. I saw this one. So I kind of jumped jumped a little over the place in in, in my watchings. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the it, it's it's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You champion three and four really hard. I do. I like three and four because there's higher body counts in them than the other mm. movies. The other movies, you know, you got like three or so, but there's mm. like six in three and four each. So mm. Mm. it's just a, a fun movie, and it just feels, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it feels eighties, but it just it has a different feel than the other movies do. Yeah, uh, I first saw this one. Um, I might have misspoke last year. I don't remember and said that three was the one I saw on like UPN on TV somewhere. It was definitely this one because I vividly remember the when he opens his shirt and all the faces of the kids' souls are in his chest. And I remember going, "This is stupid." <laughs> I highly dislike that part of the movie. That's a, a spoiler. That is my like my least favorite part of the movie. Like up until that, I I was like, "This is a this is." It's a pretty good. I still feel that way. It's 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 pretty good up and I just think that's kind of dumb. Um I just I just kind of do. Um but I vividly, vividly remember that port that part on TV, grainy UPN or you know, one of the packs or something like that. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. something like oh, something yeah. like that, basic broadcast cable, you know, on like a channel on a, eleven, channel four, something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just nineteens, you know, channel nineteen or whatever, you know. Sa- Saturday uh, afternoon. There's like yeah, exactly. I th- there was one of the channels I remember they used to like for the month of October they'd air, you know, like horror movies, mm. but they would call it Shocktober. <laughs> to to go along with it, I was like, well, yeah, yeah. I think that was like the old Channel Eleven WPIX or something like that. It could be, yeah, yeah. yeah. It could be. Uh, I mean, I, I in my household we had we had cable. We didn't have like broadcast TV. So Ch- Channel Eleven for me has always been ESPN. I mean, obviously now with HD, I'm I'm not even I you know I don't even have 
table in my bedroom anymore. So, mm-hmm. but like, um, you know, there, so like the broadcast channels for me were like three, six, 10, um, like 17, 20, you know, 57 was Fox and something like that. You, you wasn't, on a broadcast, you know, no, wasn't, wasn't 29 Fox. Cause it was like, well, yes. Um, and then like 50, it, it, and yes. 57 was UPN. Cause it was like the yes, only Philly yes. 57. Yeah. My, my mistake. Yes. My mistake. Yeah. yeah Cause my great grandmother had just antenna TV. She just had the basic channels. So, um, so I kind of remember that at those, those basic channels. So I, I, I yeah. So, um, it was definitely it was definitely like that. Grainy, barely could see. Sunny afternoon, you got your glass tube TV and the you know just reflecting the sun off. You're like, okay, cool. Like I see nothing, you know, yeah. something like that, you know. So uh, that was my first experience with this uh, movie. So the nineties, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you people missed All right. out. Yeah, damn, they did. I mean, listen, Grant. Listen, I'm gonna tell everybody. I love the technology that we have now. TV, cell phones, gaming systems have never been more powerful and and better. Even though I'm a, I love my older Nintendo stuff, of course, I you know I prefer honestly. But like there's like I said before, and like powering up a PS5 is like starting up an Aston Martin, man. It's it's the creme de la creme. Um, but I do not miss old um, old TVs like that. Not one bit. They were so fucking not- heavy not one bit they were awful um so let's uh let's get into let's get into some stats here you know we'll, we'll continue the discussion about the movie nightmare on elm street for the dream master another great poster in this franchise's history oh yeah oh yeah it's a fantastic poster you know uh probably that's tough man because i i do like i do like the next one too um but this one, I like the way Freddy looks in this poster. Like, it's just, I don't know. There's something about this poster I, I really dig. All the Three's posters good are always they really are. good. They are. They really are. I mean, up until six, because I'm pretty sure six was just him with his hand outstretched, wasn't it? Yeah, but it still didn't look awful. But it wasn't like these. Like, these original, like, four to five were just incredible posters. Oh, yeah. Incredible posters. Um, actually, let me look up. I'm going to look something up. No, this yeah, even, one, you got, even, yeah, even two was was really good. So uh, they all, they you know, what is final nightmare? I mean, it's not a bad poster. You're right, but it's it's nothing nothing like those. No, no, those are those first five. Those first five no. were great. Um, okay, so let's go back. It's the dream child, the dream master. All right, uh, released August nineteenth, nineteen eighty eight. On a, well, with a budget of six point five million dollars and a box office of forty nine point four million dollars, directed by Rennie Harlan, who is a pretty decently known director. Yeah, um, I mean, this was his first like American movie. Like he mm-hmm. he championed hard for this. Like he kept going to New Line and like begging Bob Shea to let him direct the movie. I think he did a pretty good job too. Yeah, to the point, I think that even in like the in the Elm Street documentary, Never Sleep Again, I think they said they just hired him just so he would just so they could like he could take a shower and like get a change of clothes. <laughs> but like well, he, he followed, went from he, this and went to Die Hard too. So yeah. no, no, you're missing a movie. He went from oh. this to the Avengers of Ford Fairlane. Oh yes, then, yes, <laughs> and then Die Hard too. But he also did Cliffhanger. 
mm-hmm. um, which I, I it's a movie I enjoy. I'm one. I'm like the only person that likes Cutthroat Island. Uh, he mm-hmm. did that. Um, you know, some others: Deep Blue Sea, Exorcist: The Beginning. Uh, you know, The Covenant. Um, that's like more, I guess, more of his bigger 12, 12 rounds. Remember twelve rounds? I remember twelve rounds with John Cena. Um, so I mean, he's got some. Uh, he produced Blast in the past. Yeah, I mean, kiss he, goodnight. I mean, you know, I, he was also married to Gina Davis for a number of years. That's probably why he did a bunch. Of, he did a few of her movies. Yeah. I mean, and he's uh, speechless, he, he's, which he which she was also in. Speech is a good movie. It's got Keaton in it. So as long as goodnight. It's got it's got Keaton and um and Christopher Reeve. So our first actual yeah. crossover of Batman Superman <laughs> in the same movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, don't worry if, if Warner Brothers had it again, you'd get it again with a fully CGI Christopher Reeve and fully CGI seventy-one yep. year old Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. No, they just CGI him to nineteen ninety-two. Yeah, and it would look terrible because for some reason DC can't do fucking CGI anymore or or anything. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, yeah. Uh, directed by well, I said Randy Harlan. Screenplay by Brian uh, Helgeland, uh, Ken, and Jim Wheat. I'm glad they have one Wikipedia uh-huh. link. <laughs> uh, like I say, produced by Robert Shea, uh, Rachel Talalay. That's that's a mouthful. Music by Craig uh, Staffan. Uh, and let's go down to the cast. Starring Lisa Wilcox, Danny Hassel, Robert England, Tuesday Night, uh, Brooke Thies, Ken Sagos, uh, Rodney Eastman, uh, Andres Jones, Troy Newkirk, who surprisingly does not have a Wikipedia page, um, unless she's listed somewhere else here. Because if they list you before, usually you don't. I don't. Have I don't think she did much acting after this. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Millay, Mel, Mel Millay, uh, Mealy, whatever. Brooke Bundy and Lena Quigley uh, as Soul from Freddy's Chest. Which is basically just their way of saying she's the pair of tits in Freddy's chest. Because <laughs> that's yeah. pretty much what she was doing in that time. Mm-hmm. No disrespect, because I'm not going to complain. And you're not yeah. going to complain. But, I mean, this movie literally picks up right... Well, well not literally right, but it's maybe a, a year or so after the last movie. So, our survivors from the last movie, Kristen, Kincaid, and Joey, they are no longer in Weston Hills, and they're essentially living a regular teenage life in Springwood, going to high school, you know, taking classes, dating folks, you know, typical high school shit. But Kristen, because she's a pain in the ass and just can't leave well enough alone, keeps going back into like the dream world because she thinks Freddy's coming back. And she keep, and as if you, if you remember from the last movie, she's got the power where she can bring people into her dreams. So mm-hmm. she brings Kincaid and Joey in and they're like, all right, enough of this shit i'm done with it like stop bringing us in and then lo and behold freddy ends up coming back mm-hmm. and pretty fucking great way too by the way yeah i really like i really like what they did with um uh the effects yeah. to bring him back to life i thought it was really really good i mean we could all crack the joke about the dog pissing fire all we want that still looks fucking great though yeah and the, the the fucking ground opening up and his bones just clicking back together and him just reanimating in the ground. One thing I like about that is at the end of it and he grabs his hat and he just like shakes the dust off of it. It's like, oh, mm. a little dirty. 
can't have that. But just a, a great reanimation scene. And because they're the survivors of the last movie, they are literally the first three to get knocked off. Kincaid is out within like 15 minutes of the movie starting. I am curious to think that I wonder if they would have still killed Kristen had Patricia Arquette had returned. Not that saying she was a big, big actress, but like, I wonder if maybe they would have killed her. I would say kind of in like an unceremonious way. If it was a, you know, continuation of the same actress, you know, cause that happens a lot in movies where like if, if that act actor actress is recast and just like, uh, have her get eaten by a pack of lions off screen. You know what I mean? Like for, for the way this story went, you would have to still have Kristen be killed off mm. because it could, because it's the key to everything else is, mm. it, it, it is her dying. Mm. Um, but I mean, she obviously like Patricia kid did not return on this. There's really nobody actually knows why. Um, yeah. There is some talk that maybe there was a contract dispute where she wanted more money and they're like, nah, you're going to die early. So no, or, or something along those lines, but it's not like she became a, a massive star right after a nightmare on MC three. Mm. I mean, she, I mean, she's a well-known actress now because she's got, she's rose into prominence, but it sure as hell wasn't the year after she did nightmare on MC three. Yeah. I mean, True Romance was going to come out four years after this, and that was a, a, a pretty big role for her there. So, was Patricia or Rosanna? That was Patricia Arquette. Rosanna Arquette was already well known because she did De- De- Desperately Seeking Susan two years prior to this. So, mm. um, but yeah, no, they still would have had to kill Kristen off just because of how the story progressed. Because it's no longer like Kristen's not the main focus of the movie, the movie focuses to Alice, who is, um, the titular dream master, if you will, because she, you know, I guess she can control her dreams. It's, it, it's a movie. It's a horror movie. It doesn't need to make sense, but it makes sense in this universe. So I, I, I go along with it as hokey and goofy as it is. Somehow it makes sense in this franchise. What didn't make sense was the chick with the fucking uh, telekinetic powers in Friday the 13th seven. Correct. That didn't make any sense because it's like, well, well of course it did because they wanted it to basically be Jason versus Carrie yeah. for did, some reason. Didn't that work. Was the, that was the grand idea. Yeah. Did didn't land. Nope. That was a belly flop, or the very least, like the video I sent you of the guy jumping off the the shed and he missed the pool entirely and cracked his head <laughs> on the fucking side of it. That yeah. was what that was. But this sort of kind of lands in a way. You don't really hear too many people bitching about that aspect of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So 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 Tuesday night took over the role of Kristen, and she was actually in the the funeral scene in New Nightmare, where uh, Heather Langkamp's husband as funeral. She's mm. one of the background players with uh, like the other with, with some of the other members of the cast of the first Nightmare movie. And Wes mm. went to her and asked her to be in the movie, and she was like, and she was actually confused. She's like, no, why do you want me? To cameo in your mu in, in in your movie, like I wasn't in, yeah, you know, I wasn't in the movie that you directed, and I wasn't in, you know, I wasn't I wasn't the Kristen in Nightmare on Elm Street three, which is the one that he kind of wrote, and mm-hmm. he's and he told her he's like, well, you play Kristen the way that I would have written her, hmm. so 
that's that's why he wanted so Wes not really a big fan of Patricia Arquette's portrayal but loved Tuesday Night's portrayal because that's how he would have written the role and I, hmm. I I have no issue one way or the other just a, a really good just tough as nails kind of character hmm. I mean she gets thrown into a boiler yeah but but hey it was a cool visual mm-hmm. I mean not as cool as the naked chick pulling Joey down into his waterbed when he dies but hey mm-hmm. That man lives and dies by tits. So, yeah, that was a, that was a given. Mm-hmm. So, Freddie had to take out Joey and Kincaid first because if he goes after Kristen, she's just going to pull them into the dream and fight him off. Yeah, so, no, take everybody else out. Then he's telling her, you know, you should bring somebody else in, knowing that if Kristen brings somebody else into the dream, Freddie now has access to the rest of the kids in Springwood through somebody else's dreams. Because I, I I don't know. It's the rules. We just go along with it. We just, we just kind of roll with it at this point. So Alice ends up getting Kristen's power to bring people into the dreams. And that's how Freddie is able to get to his newest targets, which is Sheila, the, like the, the nerdy kind of quiet asthmatic girl, uh, Alice's brother, Rick, who's like a karate enthusiast. And by the way, really fucking sad that they killed him off in this movie. He was such a likable character. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why they needed to kill him off. In fact, they well, actually forgot. They, they forgot to film his death scene. Like after the movie was pretty much done, they're like, shit, we didn't, we didn't do a death scene for him. And that's why his is so kind of bare bones where he's just fighting air. Until the glove flies up and like stabs him in the stomach because they forgot. Yeah. Wow. And they're like, I, I didn't and, know that. And they were like, well, do we have to even kill him at all? They're like, well, we already filmed the funeral scene. <laughs> <laughs> so we might as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debbie, who's a athletic girl who hates bugs and she gets turned into a cockroach and crushed into a roach motel. Another fucking great death. That's one of your favorites. I know it is. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's just memorable. Yeah. It's a damn good long death scene, too. I feel like it takes forever. He tortured no, I, her for yeah, literally he no reason. Definitely tortured her. Yeah. And then there's Dan, who, I mean, he survives until the next movie, which he gets, I think, probably your favorite death of all time in that fifth movie. Where he, uh, Freddy's the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I, a, that, that's a great death. I think you said that was one of your favorites of all time. With that, in the, yeah, in the franchise, I, I don't know. It's it's very uh, well. We'll talk about them. It's very yeah, yeah, uh, Geiger, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to that movie. But we're not on that movie. We're on a better movie right now. Here we are. But so the reason why so Alice pulls people into the dreams, kind of not by accident, but because she falls asleep the same time as somebody else, and then Freddie just kind of goes after the victim because he needs her to bring him in. It's kind of clever, and it gives Alice a bit of a backstory too. It kind of builds her up where she's not just a character. Like there's something, you know, there's something there, you know, she lives with her brother and her dad, her mom passed away. Her dad is an alcoholic. She's constantly daydreaming. She's meek. She's shy. Then as the movie goes on, she gets more confidence as people are dying because she's kind of gaining their abilities, but she becomes a little more confident of herself and like a a really good kind of turn, you know, you you like to see it. Mm-hmm. And I, Dan didn't even need to be in this movie. He he brings nothing to the equation. No. Except a love interest for Alice for her, for her to fuck in the beginning of the 
fifth movie, but whatever. Mm-hmm. We're not here for that. Um, shit, I lost my train of thought. Nope, I'm back. So one of the things I do like about this movie is they also expand a little bit on Freddy's origin as well. Like the house mm-hmm. is still there and it's run down, it's decrepit. At this point, it's going to be because no one's lived yeah. in the house since the Walsh family. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at least it looks like the same house. Unlike, unlike the movie we're doing on Halloween. Oh, shut the there. fuck up. We're, we're trying to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's the one good thing. It's been the same house consistently for seven fucking movies. No. Yeah. Eight. Eight movies because it's the same house in Freddy vs. Jason. Also, mm-hmm. I'm not going to the remake. That's we're not here for that. We we may not even do that. I don't want to do that movie. The, the remake or Freddy vs. Jason? The remake. I may want to just just out of respect for Jack O'Haley, but I really don't. It's I don't think it's a good movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's got Clancy Brown in it though. Yeah, well, I mean, what? That's yeah, still, we'll figure it out. That's still a far way off at this point. Yeah, still got a, still got a few thinking. years before we get to that one. Yeah, not even thinking about it. So Sheila ends up getting her end. Uh, she falls asleep in class taking a physics test, which I'm sure ninety percent of people who have ever taken physics would fall asleep during a physics test. I never took it because it seemed boring. Dean, did you take physics? No, nah, that's a dumb question. I know you didn't. No, not even a little bit. You're not. You you don't even like science. I do like science. I just don't. I'm just not like at this point at 36 years old. I have, you know, I'm kind of in my stuck in my ways. Are you a student of all sciences, like astronomy? Yeah. Did you read Jules Verne? I love Jules Verne. <laughs> it all comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, she so she'll fall asleep in class, and Freddie shows up just like as the teacher. Good peel job, by the way, on the apple with the glove. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would imagine, My, I would imagine in four movies, Robert England has a pretty good mastery of how to use that glove properly. Yeah, I, I still like his cameo as the nurse. Oh yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah, because you know that was all his idea. Mm-hmm. He's like, guys, wait, wait, I got a great idea. Hold on, and then he came back dressed as the nurse, and they're like, ah, fuck yeah. it, let's just. They're do like, it. all right, <laughs> all right. I guess we're doing a scene in the nurse's office, and then he's like, I'm gonna draw some blood. It's like, oh my god, he's this man. This man writes his own dialogue. He has to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've met Robert England. The dude's a, he's a natural ham. He just loves he loves the camera. Yeah. There's a documentary on him. Uh, I think it's Nightmares and Dreams. I think it's up on like Tubi or Shutter or something like that. I want to. I'm gonna check that out one day. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm always I'm a big fan of his, so we'll oh yeah, we'll, uh, uh Rick ends up kind of oh yeah, so Sheila ends up getting the life sucked out of her by Friday. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then she's just a husk, and then in the real in real life it looks like she has an asthma attack. Uh Rick falls asleep while taking a shit. Dean, I'm sure you can sympathize with that. You've done that. Yep. That's when you're not having a close off contemplating your life shit. Mm-hmm. No, no, uh, no soul, no naked soul crush shits. I, yeah. I typically fall asleep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and he ends up fighting an invisible Freddy. I guess like through martial arts, and kind of gets a better of him until he kicks the glove, and then the glove gets a mind of its own, and stabs him in the chest, mm-hmm. and then for some reason there's an explosion. Whatever. 
So they go to regroup to go to Debbie's. And this is actually seen that Robert Englund says is his favorite out of the entire franchise is the dream loop that Alice and Dan are in. It's great. Because he, he said it's his, he said it's his favorite moment of the franchise. Cause it's, it's so, it's just so cool looking and it's definitely something Freddie would do. Yeah. You know, just, it's like, oh, you know, broke the sleep and they're just in a constant loop where they're coming around the diner, they get in the truck to go to Debbie's and then it's right back to Alice come like running around the front of the diner again. Mm-hmm. Also, good nod to Wes Craven. The diner is called the Craven. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Also, I apologize for not throwing a hint up, but it's the last two movies of the season. If you don't know what we were going to do, then it's your fault for not paying attention. Yeah. Maybe I'll put one up for the next movie, but I guarantee I won't. Because I don't want to, I don't want to promote that in any way. Oh, oh yeah, man. I don't blame you. It's going to be a brutal fucking schlock fest. We might have to do that live just so it goes over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might have to. Yep. Oh, uh, Debbie ends up getting turned into a roach, which great fucking effects for '88. Mm-hmm. Practical too. Practical effects, and I'm I miss practical effects in the worst way. I do too. I think the I think the studios nowadays are way too uh, reliant on CGI. Like I agree, you're, you're putting Tom Savini out of work. Let the man work because he's going to do because whatever he does is going to be better than what anyone could do on a computer. And it's going to look better. Then Alice is having the 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 kind of showdown with Freddie inside a church for some reason. But the whole reason why she's the dream master is because she remembers this dream master rhyme that her mom taught her. And I don't like the way Freddie dies in this, but it makes sense for, I guess, what she is as the dream master. I mean, basically she picks up a shard of mirror that kind of makes him look at it. And then the souls within him revolt and burst out of his chest. And then he just kind of goes. But good fight scene in the church, though. Yeah, I agree. I like that every time Alice, like every time that Alice hit him and kicked him, he's just laughing his ass off because it's like, yeah, he knows it's not good. He's like, yeah, this this does nothing to me. Yeah. And then even make a reference earlier in the movie when when Alice is in class when she falls asleep right before Rick's death and Bob Shea has his has his obligatory cameo Mm -hmm. where he talks about like Aristotle's dream theory. You know where you know there's a there's a good gate and there's a and there's a bad gate and Freddie even makes a re- reference. You know, I've been guarding my gate for a long time. Where Freddie is essentially the, the keeper of the negative gate of the of, of the nightmare world, which makes sense, kind of in a way. I mean, for the I mean for, for for this franchise, it makes sense. So I I I can't call anything too hokey when it's a guy in dreams who's killing you. It's mm-hmm. horror. It's allowed to be hokey. If this was like a serious drama, then I'd be like, all right, what the fuck is going on here? Now, yeah, Freddie isn't played by Tom Hanks or Daniel Day Lewis. No, it's played by Robert Englund. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, she she recites the the dream, the the dream master rhyme, and the the last line of the rhyme is "Evil will see itself and it will die." So that's basically, and in in the dream world, if you believe something hard enough, it it kind of comes true. That's just how dreams work. So because she believes it so hard, and she is the quote unquote dream master. That's how Freddie kind of ends up getting taken out, and I know you hate that where the, where the souls burst out, and it's. I mean, it, the, the, the souls bursting out doesn't really bother me like that much. It's more or less like when he when a shirt opens up and and all the faces are on his chest. 
Oh, so like when Chris, so, so like right after Kristen is thrown in a boiler and he tears his shirt and then all the faces are on the chest. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. So it's not them bursting out of the chest. I got confused. Yeah. My mistake. I mean, I might have misspoke when I was talking about it. But that's cool, though, when all the hands come out and like have him kind yeah, of look yeah. through that trellis. I mean, that Get looks good. Good, good uh, uh, practical effects there. Um, and I, I enjoy that too. That that's really good practice. And effect. I love how the hand, like the one hand, comes up and like rips his jaw open, and then all the souls come out. Like, mm-hmm. that just damn, that just looks good. Yeah. Um, real quick before we get to the to our top ten or, or, or not our top ten, our our out of ten and favorite scenes and then least favorite mm-hmm. scenes and all that. I want to talk about the soundtrack. Okay. This is a banger fucking soundtrack. It is for a horror movie. Um. I mean, even for just the time period of like 88, I mean, you got the Vinnie Vincent invasion. You love the Vinnie Vincent invasion. You're a big mm-hmm. Vinnie Vincent. I mean, Blondie is on the soundtrack. Uh, the the Divinals, Billy Idol. This is a fucking banger. Uh, Drama-rama. Uh, it's the song that plays when Rick is doing his uh, doing his karate in the garage. I mean, it's mm-hmm. such a, a damn good soundtrack. And this is kind of why they call this the MTV nightmare because it this feels like an hour and a half long music video essentially yeah and it looks yeah, really yeah, good every, and and i think this the, the way it's shot it looks better than the previous three movies it's just a clear shot like the way everything looks mm-hmm. not in terms of the but you know it's not grainy it doesn't look too dated i mean it's everything's bright and vivid and just clear it just looks really fucking good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I won't deny that. Yeah. It's a shame that that the Vinnie Vincent invasion song Love Hurts is not on Spotify because it would be on my favorites list, but what are you going to do? Can't complain. Uh, all right. So we know your least favorite scene is the souls in the chest. What's your favorite scene? Uh, um. You know, I think it's I think it's when Freddy comes back to life. I just think the effects on that are, are so fucking good that how did how is it how is it not like the best scene in the movie? Yeah, I mean everything. It, I mean it's there's so many good scenes in the movie. Uh, I'm always torn between like Debbie turning into the Roach. That's great, but just in terms of pure simplicity, I like Kincaid's death. I mean, it's quick. It's to the point. It's just Freddie grabs him by the shirt and just shoves his and just you know shoves his claw into his chest. But it's just Kincaid being like, "I'll see you in hell." You know, just that one final like "fuck you," mm-hmm. and then Freddie just kind of leaning like, "Tell him Freddie sent you." Like it's 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 great. It's 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 I I it's one of my favorites just all time. Just it's it's simplicity in itself, and it's just Kincaid giving that one last like "fuck you" to Freddie. Hmm. But I also like anytime Rick is on screen. He's just a likable character. He's a good fucking, character. Good guy. Good fucking guy. Uh, my least favorite scene. I wish they would have done more with Rick's death. That's the yeah. I mean, I don't have an issue with it because I like how they kind of take the nightmare theme and make it sound. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to say make it sound like Chinese because that's just racist. Mm-hmm. But they give it like a kung fu kind of feel to it. Like when you go back and listen to it, like it's it's the nightmare yeah. theme, but it's like it sounds like something you would have heard in like a like a like a kung fu movie. 
Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, 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 yeah, I can, I can see what you're talking about. But I just wish they would have done a little more with him and not just kind of forgotten. Yeah. But that's a. But I mean, it's a minor. It's a minor issue. If that. Mm-hmm. Uh, honorable mention to where Alice gets pulled into the movie when she goes to the movies, because that's yeah, that's good too. That's, that's a hell of a good too. effect. And then everyone that died is in the crowd and they're applauding. That's just that's good shit. Yeah, that was that was that's a good scene too. Yeah. Uh, out of ten. Uh, seven out of ten. Yeah, I mean, this is third in my Nightmare on Elm Street rankings, behind the mm-hmm. first one and the third one, um, and just above the second. Well, mm-hmm. I, I mean, new nightmares in there too, but I don't know. I I got really sit down thinking about, it, but I know this is top three for me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, as a horror movie, I'm probably gonna go we're with you as a seven. I don't think it's anything bad, but it's it's a sequel, so. Yeah. I'm not going to give a sequel a higher grade than I'm going to give like the original or even the movie that came before it. Yeah. I really, I mean, I don't think it's a bad movie. In fact, you know what? I'm going to go up to eight. I'll I'll go up to eight on it. I'll go up to eight because I really do like this movie. I mean, I, Mm. you know me, I'm a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. I'm a a massive, I'm a massive Fred head. So I like all the movies, even six. I mean, it's just my least favorite, but I still enjoy it Mm. for what it is. I yeah, like I mean, six. Some... I like six because it digs more. It, it fills in the gaps in Freddy's backstory. That's what I like about six. Freddy can have a backstory. You know who doesn't need a backstory? Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a terrible movie for a sequel. You know, again, I feel. I, I don't feel. I guess I don't feel as protective over the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. As I do the Halloween franchise, but I do. Everybody knows I love that first movie, and I love the game. Like to me, that's if that's the only two things of Freddy Krueger we've ever got was the old NES game and the original movie. I'd be happy with that because I think they're classics. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that 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 Nightmare on Elm Street game is one of my all time favorite two D side scrollers. All like of all time, I love that. game. As confusing and frustrating as the game is, it's so fucking fun though. Oh yeah, it's it is. It really is. I wish I wish some the licensing would get figured out for that, so there could be some sort of like a re-release. That'd be awesome to be able to, even if it was just like you know, a digital, you know, ten dollar, twenty dollar purchase on PlayStation yeah. Five or you know, sweet you know, Nintendo Shop or whatever. You know, I mean they, I mean they made a Friday, like an updated Friday Thirteenth game, and they made a new like Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. Just give me a Nightmare on Elm Street game. Yeah, it could yeah. work. Like, stop trying to go. Oh, how do we make this work? It'll fucking work. Yeah, Just check my Twitter. I put up. I hey, I put up. How, how, how about this? Give me a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah, well, a good there's licensing. There's licensing issues with that one too. So, yeah, meaning that Warner Brothers doesn't know what the fuck they're doing with the properties. That and um, West. That and uh, West Craven's estate owns part of it too. That makes sense. Yeah, and you talk about protective of a franchise. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not going to release anything if they think a movie is going to be fucking subpar. Well, we did get Freddy vs. Jason and Freddy's Dead. <laughs> yeah, but Wes was alive for that. And he yeah. didn't... He didn't. Thanks, Wes. <laughs> yeah, but at that point, he didn't own the rights. With New- I think like when New Line got absorbed by Warner Brothers, I think Wes got some of the rights back. Mm. So. Makes sense. But hey, everybody, that was Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. 
concluding part eight of the six, six, six weeks of horror part nine comes out on Halloween as the final part always does. Um, and, uh, that should be, well, that'll be something. <laughs> oh, it'll, it'll be something. <laughs> it'll be something. So, um, it won't be but, good. Don't expect a positive <laughs> rating out of that. Yeah, that's oh boy. There's gonna um, be a lot of least favorite scenes. The whole movie. Yeah. Well, I do like that one dude's death. I, I do like that one guy's death. John, I think his name is. When he gets the uh, the giant uh, hay fork into his skull, that's a pretty good death. When he's oh, in the yeah. barn, yeah, that's, oh, that's yeah, a pretty, yeah, that's a pretty good death. Yeah. Um, I think his name is Spitz, by the way, but whatever. Oh, whatever. It doesn't who gives, who gives a shit? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll see you in a few days, everybody. <clears throat> I've been Dean Holtzaffel. I'm still Joe Rogers, and we'll see you in the horror verse. <laughs>